Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired by a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we talk with composer Emil Mosseri about his Oscar-nominated score for Minari. Composer Emil Mosseri has, in his short career scoring feature films, worked on some very notable productions. He scored director-producer Joe Talbot's debut, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, has worked with Miranda July on Kajillionaire, and also tackled the second season of the Amazon series Homecoming. His latest score is for Lee Isaac Chung's Minari, a drama about a Korean-American family trying to make their way as farmers in rural Arkansas. All of these might be very different films, but Mosseri's score for each help define the world in which they take place through superb use of melody and pop sensibilities. I spoke with the composer by phone about his process. Taking time to talk to me, I appreciate it. Of course, thanks for thanks for taking time to talk to me. Appreciate <laughs> the, the uh, you know the time and your interest. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interest because it seems like your career has, be as a composer, has really jumped up very quickly. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it it uh, it's been sort of a strange time right now to have have. Um, this kind of experience during this sort of lockdown, it feels, you know, what would already feel surreal feels even less real because it's all like virtual, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can, Um, I can only imagine. It seems like everybody I talk to is just like, man, like I just, I don't, I don't see anybody in person. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's a strange it's a strange thing. I'm very, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange time to be busy in this way, you know? But, yeah. uh, 
I'm really uh, grateful for, for everything that's been going on with the movie and Minari and everything else. So, um, was the was the score finished before lockdown, or did you have to like deal with this, like trying to set up like groups to play this music remotely? Luckily, um, I didn't have to deal with that. I know a lot of other composers that did, but I, I, I thankfully actually finished two scores right before like in like January and February uh, I turned in a, a few projects and we recorded actually an orchestra for this other TV show in February so it was like really right by down to the wire we, you know um, so I'm lucky that I didn't have to do that I know that um, you know Trent and Atticus and a bunch of other composers uh, miraculously uh, recorded during lockdown in these really inventive and exciting ways, but it seems like a like a, a, a one challenge that I would have to face. Yeah, no, I can, I can totally, uh, I can totally understand that. I, I'm kind of curious. Um, like, it seems as though you work with like you. I mean, you've almost everything you've done has been with um, directors who are essentially like peers of yours in terms of age. Is that just like happenstance or like because you are in the same sort of circles? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I, I, I think that, you know, I think that I um, have gotten been very lucky to been connected to, to been connected with amazing directors that I admire their work, you know, and that they are making really. I got lucky to work with directors that are making really pure and honest works that I've been um, able to collaborate with them and try to lend my thing to their vision and try to be part of the team. You know, I, I think that. You know, each each film and each director are all very different, you know, in, in, in all kinds of ways. So well, that's what's kind of exciting about this job is that it's it's constantly changing, you know? Well, I'm glad that you said, like, they're all different because, like, your scores are also all, like, quite different. But it seems they're all um, – and I apologize for using this word, but I couldn't think of, like, a better descriptor. But, like, they all seem very pretty. Um is there like a specific? Oh, thank you. No, that's that's a great. Yeah, I'll take it. Is there like a specific <laughs> route from which you're working um, when when you start on a score? I think I just I'm I'm, I'm mainly um, you know trying to internalize and absorb the film and the spirit of the film emotionally, and then I just write a bunch of music from that place. And then um, send it to the director, or play different things to the director, and then we find find our score from inside out. You know? Yeah. No. So I think that it's it, it's. I think that's the that's the thread. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I've talked with like a bunch of different composers, and like I, some have, um, like they get to start with a script. Or, you know, like sometimes even 
like like you know when the script is just finished um and others come in like and they're scoring to what is essentially a mostly edited film like um what's sort of been your experiences like like have you gotten to start early on or later or has it been a combination of the two um it's been a i mean it it depends project to project you know uh some films i get involved with a they bring me on board once the there's an early cut of the film and they've already shot it but they haven't finished the edit and i've put it on you know with kajillion for instance it was a locked cut before i got my hands on it and then with minari was the complete opposite i'd written from the script stage before they started shooting and you know, they're all each each film and each process has been very different, and I think that's kind of shapes the score in um, in a way. I have noticed that you do have like a few through lines in your scores, like um, like sweeping strings, uh, like choral accents, uh, and like obviously piano um, seems to be like a a big part of of your work, um, like. Are those intentional? Are those things you just like really like you're not using them like throughout every score, obviously, but like I noticed like especially like um like in Last Black Man in San Francisco and Minari, like these like little choral accents that really sort of um grab the ear. Yeah, I, I think that there yeah, there's certain things that I gravitate but I think the human voice is one of them. I I, I like I like to have some sort of singing in all my scores. Um, I think there's, it's just a way to kind of breathe life into, into the score, literally, you know, if, if in, in, in different ways, sometimes it, I sing other times, a lot of, most of the time I use other vocalists um, to sort of kind of tuck into the mix, even sometimes to, even if it's a, a subtle way to, 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 bring some kind of character to the tapestry, to the fabric of the score. Um, piano is another one. I, I just because it just naturally I compose using the piano. So, um, you know, that ends up in uh, a lot of the scores, but in one way or another, but I, and then strings, it's in, in woodwinds and other orchestral elements. I think it's, kind of case by case it's always a dream to be able to use an orchestra um if the film calls for it you know yeah speaking of vocals like minari marks the third time you've collaborated with another artist to record a song for a film um in in this case um uh i mean like you you've done it previously um for kajillionaire and last uh, black man in San Francisco, but like this song is like very um, interesting because um, it's got Yeri Han singing it, and I, I I'm I, like and, and these lyrics had to be translated from your English into Korean, so like it just seems like that's a very um, like involved sort of process because there's like translation involved, I think like on multiple levels. Yeah, that was a dream. Um, that was a very cool process for me that I'd never experienced before. I'd 
um, it was great to to uh, I'd never written a song in English and have it translated before in another language into another language. I'd had the idea first to write a song for the end credits of the film, and then uh, um, this amazing lyricist uh, Stephanie Hong had translated my my song into Korean and sent it to Yeti. And, and she would send us these tracks from Korea. And uh, we kind of pieced it together here. It was really... And the song also became this kind of lullaby from... Because Yeti, you know, is the stars in the film. Um, it was amazing to have her sing it. It took on a whole new meaning, you know. Um, yeah, it was just a really cool thing to have a song that was inspired by the film and then and to, to be sung by somebody that was such a huge part of the film. It was like a nice kind of full circle thing when a piece of music gets touched by hands from has a, has like a progression like that. That was, that was really rewarding. Well, like does the having, um, songs, um, sort of like pop up, uh, in, music like 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 proper i i guess like pop songs uh as, as for lack of a better term like does does that come out of your um like indie rock background or is this more of like of a director's choice uh, i think it's something that it's both i mean the director needs to be on board and um sometimes it depends on the film sometimes it's director's choice um, but I do think that with all, with this, I try to make a point to try to have a song, a song on each record or song on each film record, but also have a, you know, even within the score itself to try to like write song based music or, or melodic music or like lyrical music, even if it's instrumental. Um, and I think that just comes from being a songwriter first before a composer. And, you know, I think everybody, Whatever, whatever their background is, that'll find its way into the music. You know, there's no... Naturally, with every composer, I think they take with their experience and their background, their natural instincts will be shaped by their experiences musically. So they'll, that, that, that'll bleed through in their work, you know, and I, I, I'd like to think that's the, that, that's why, or that's, that's why that's happening in the, in, in the films that I'm scoring as well. Now, um, it's been kind of fascinating, uh, because, um, your work, um, got released on vinyl last year by Mondo twice, uh, both the, the music for the second season of Homecoming, but also, uh, Kajillionaire as well. Um, like, uh, like, is it, like kind of cool to get to be embraced by like this very um hot hip vinyl uh like soundtrack label yeah absolutely i love i mean mondo is amazing they do amazing work and they did incredible work with the packaging on, on both packaging uh, and, and homecoming and yeah I, I was i'm very stoked to work with them and and with uh with lakeshore and um uh, Backlot and and uh, Milan Records now I'm working with Milan and Sacred Bones for um, Minari. It's 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 great to work with 
with these labels that, that are championing film music and you know, that's a, it's a very cool thing. I feel lucky to be in the mix. That's such a it's such a, a wide ranging like group of labels, but like I feel like 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 Sacred Bones I would say like has a very different aesthetic <laughs> than Mondo. Um but um Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they each bring something else to it, which is which is cool. So, um, are are, are you a, like a physical product person? Is it like cool to like have your scores like exist somewhere other than uh, digitally? Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm yeah, very much so. I, I love vinyl, and you know, um, it's yeah. I, there's nothing like it, holding the record in your hands. You know, that's the most rewarding part for me. And that the record ends up in some people's houses if we're lucky. And that's, that's, uh, yeah, there's something, there's, there's something really special about that experience that, that can't be replaced digitally, you know? Absolutely. So, um, what other stuff are you, uh, working on now as we continue through this pandemic? Um, I'm working on, uh, my own record. Um, trying to focus on uh, that. I have another project called Human Love that I'm working with and, and then um, collaborating with, with various different artists just trying to to balance the film work with, with songwriting and, and, and uh, you know, just trying to have my hand in, in multiple different things. So, you know, it's, it's uh, the, the, the pandemic is carved out some time in a way since the film industry slowed down um it's given a lot of people opportunity to work on different things so there's maybe a small um silver lining there uh but i think that it's uh yeah it's a strange time and 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 just feel very lucky to be working at all well, hey, man, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, and uh, I have really enjoyed the score for Minari, and I can't wait to actually see the film now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, Nick. Yeah, thanks Thanks for the great questions. And, and yeah, hopefully you get, the, the, you get to see the film soon. It'll be out very soon. Hey, hey, yeah. transcribed version of this interview originally ran on starburst magazine's website thanks to george at terrorbird for allowing me to run this as a podcast
Also, thanks to Emil Masseri for speaking with me. Minari is nominated for Best Original Score as part of this year's Academy Awards, and the ceremony airs on Sunday, April 25th. You can find the composer's work at emilmoseri.com, and you can find Moseri on Twitter at Emil Moseri. That's E-M-I-L-E-M-O-S-S-E-R-I. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at From Inspired Pod and can be found on Instagram at From and Inspired By. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please hit up the website and click on the Aid and Assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long distance fees. And remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back in two weeks talking with musician Daniel Smith and director Chris White about the Christian heavy metal comedy Electric Jesus. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.